On today's Triangle Sports Take, I'm in studio. I've got Cody and Mitchell joining me by phone. Uh, just going to do a short episode today, just a quick little update. Uh, mainly going to talk some college football today. We, we would talk uh, maybe a little MLB, but I don't think me and Cody really want to go over uh, the disappointing end to the Braves season. So we're, gonna, we're just going to leave that out and pretend it didn't happen. So just going to talk a little college football. That's pretty much going to be it for today. Nothing too crazy. Um, I think the first thing is I'll, I'll kind of let one of you guys go first because we did just have the uh, Duke-NC State football game. Duke won that. Uh, you know, it's been probably about three, four weeks since we last had an episode, so we can talk about any of the prior games. Uh, but didn't know if one of you guys wanted to kick it off first, maybe talk about the Duke State game a little bit and just kind of the past few weeks uh, in college football. Yeah, I mean, not a whole lot as, as far as State goes. Uh, I, I know we're at the switch to MJ Morris, a quarterback. Um, he's supposed to be our quarterback of the next several years and is been okay but looked kind of rough himself first couple games so I think honestly at this point in the year I think the citizens just kind of getting MJ Morris comfortable and get him as many reps as possible so that hopefully he can hit the ground running next year and uh, you know our defense is good I think defense is looking good in every game we gave up the big play against Duke but really otherwise held him um, but the offense couldn't do squat, so it is what it is. Kind of a flash season. We'll finish six and six, seven and five, now and uh, make some crappy bowl stuff. <laughs> uh, Cody, I do. The only thing I really want to ask is how how hot do you think Dave Doran's seat is getting? Because I feel like some of the fan base is getting a, a little frustrated with how the season's going. Um, I don't think Dave Doran's speed is that hot yet. Um, I think he's bought himself some time strong previous seasons. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little torn myself on him. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. However, I don't think the offensive coordinator is working that brought in. I can't remember his name right now. And then we also brought in his big quarterback and that didn't so I'm not sure how much that ends up getting put at the feet of Doran and how much um you know I I think Doran's a good coach I'd love to sit a couple more years with him but you know a couple more years of this mess ain't going to uh we've really struggled at quarterback for the last three four years so it's time to you know hype the pants up and uh, find a decent quarterback to, 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 you know, I think you could say we've got a high-level defense and have for the last, I'd say, four or five years, we've had a really solid defense. I mean, if you look at our defensive players that are making impacts in the NFL, there's there's quite a few. Um, but if you look at our offensive players, that number's way lower. And uh, I'd love to see kind of our offensive recruitment catch up to the level of our defense or maybe our offensive coaching catch up to the level of our defensive coaching. I'm not sure which it is. Um, but, yeah, all in all, I, I wouldn't consider Doran on the hot seat. Um, 
I think that's a little nearsighted, short-sighted. Um, but I would say that there are some changes that need to be made. I gotcha. Uh, Mitchell, you, you want to talk about that game and just Duke in general? Yeah, I'll take a whack at it. Um, so I guess disclosure first. I My wife's sister actually had a, an engagement party during the game. So her party started at 6 and it ended at about 3 a.m. So I didn't get to watch a whole lot of the game, but I was in and out, and I, I probably saw about maybe 40% of the game. Um, one thing, so just just going over the, um, I guess, I mean, obviously from a Duke fan perspective, it's nice to get a win, and a little surprising to get a win with a quarterback that's not your main guy. And I mean, any Duke fan will tell you that Riley Leonard's kind of like the, I mean, the main guy. He, you'd be concerned seeing the Duke team out there without without him out there because he he creates, he, he runs the ball, he throws the ball, you know, he takes hits when he needs to. He's a relatively big guy. Um, and he's a, one of the best quarterbacks I think Duke's ever had, at least when I've seen them, at least since I've been watching them. So right off the bat, Kiri's not playing. Definitely not feeling great about it, <laughs> excuse me, because don't know anything about the backup guy. Um, but, you know, he did he did decent. I mean, Duke played, relied a little bit more on the running game. Just going over the stats here. But another interesting thing, too, is – if you actually look at the stats, I mean, just off the bat, total yards. So, State had 305 yards. Duke had 301 yards. You kind of go down some of that. So, passing yards, State just shy of 200 passing yards. Duke just north of 100 passing yards. And then basically vice versa on the rushing because Duke just shy of 200 rushing yards. And State just over 100 rushing yards on the day. So, both with 30 rushing attempts. So, obviously, Duke did better from a ground perspective, um, but State still had a lot in the passing game. I mean, another thing to take into account is the yards per – actually, sorry, no, not yards per because that's per pass. Um, but, I mean, if you just looked at the stat and weren't sure what the score was, didn't see touchdowns, it would be hard for you to say who won the game. Um, and from not watching the whole game – I can't say if you dominated or not because based on the stats, it doesn't appear that they did. It just appeared that they finished their chances. And I obviously saw that that big, I think it was like a 60-yard rushing touchdown that kind of sealed the game. I saw that. Um, but, no, I mean, I guess I'm curious what Cody thought or how he feels about that because I don't really feel like it was a lopsided game. It just feels like the score was because maybe Duke capitalized on their chances and State didn't. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's fairly even, except uh, we had a turnover that was costly. And then, I mean, if you look at y'all's touchdowns, you had an 83 yard touchdown run and then a 69 yard touchdown pass. So, I mean, you had two monster plays. If Take those out of it. Yeah, I mean that's only that's a that's half of your total yardage for the entire game was made up on two plays. Um, yeah, which I mean, hey, all the great teams have to be able to bust a big play, but it is frustrating that you know our defense overall played a good game, but you know, especially the eighty-three yard touchdown run and the I guess is the third or fourth quarter. 
I mean, that's, uh, I think that can very well be just a matter of our offense really didn't stay on the field that much and the defense got tired, but, you know, it is what it is. That's interesting because I honestly I was busy Saturday night. I wasn't able to watch the game. I just saw that the final score was twenty four to three. So it's it's interesting that you guys both kind of agree that it really wasn't as lopsided as the score shows. Um, I really had no idea. I, I guess trans kind of transitioning into uh, talking about Carolina a little bit. Uh, I do want to say two? Well, I guess one quick thing on Duke is. We do need to acknowledge the fact that college game day actually went to Durham to the Duke Notre Dame game a couple weeks ago. So that was pretty wild. I never, uh, Mitchell probably agrees with this. I never thought I'd see the day that Duke football was hosting game day, but that was pretty cool that they got to do that. Um, yeah. And, and then uh, uh, one other thing I also never really thought I'd see is Carolina football is currently ranked in the top 10 ahead of Alabama. The polls came out today. Carolina's number 10 in the nation, Alabama's number 11. Uh, that's also something I never thought I'd see. So definitely some weird things going on uh, with our teams this year, but weird as in good for both of them. Uh, but kind of transitioning to Carolina a little bit, um, we're they're sitting halfway through the regular season now, six games down. They're six and zero. That's something I also never really thought I'd see with Carolina football being six and zero. And I was thinking earlier today about. Uh, kind of how I feel about this team and everything. And I, I'm kind of taking the approach of I'm just going to take it one week at a time and just kind of enjoy the season as it goes. I'm not going to try to look ahead too much and be like, oh, man, I wonder if we can just keep winning and keep moving up there. Uh, because, you know, Carolina's had some seasons before where they start off really, really good. They end it kind of poorly. Uh, most recently last season when uh, we all remember they, they were 9-1 and one after 10 games and then they had a collapse at the end of the year, losing four in a row. So I'm kind of – Kind of tell myself, you know, hey, I'm, I'm really excited at how this season's going, but I'm also trying not to get too far ahead of myself, knowing that, uh, you know, one bad thing can happen and it can unravel the whole thing. But it, so far, it's been a really, really fun season. Um, the most recent and probably most notable game was the one that just happened Saturday night against Miami. Um, I wasn't able to watch a ton of that game because, well, I watched some of it on my friend's phone, actually, and that was pretty much it. And I did watch a few few minutes of highlights the next day just to kind of see what happened because side note I was actually at the South Carolina Florida game in Columbia this past weekend me and some friends took a trip there just for kind of a, a fun weekend um, which that, that was pretty cool South Carolina's got a really big stadium really good uh, tailgate scene there I do want to give some advice to any listeners who ever go to a South Carolina football game uh, do not park in the Woodstock lot that was terrible it took us 45 minutes after the game just to get out of the parking lot and then it probably took us another 45 minutes just to get out of Columbia from there so probably about an hour and a half to just get out off their campus after the game was over so I would say either don't park in the Woodstock lot or if you do make sure you leave the game early because that was a little bit rough getting out of there um, but, but anyways back on topic of uh, the real Carolina not the fake Carolina uh, the Tar Heels got a win over Miami in a top 25 matchup this past Saturday night. Uh, from the highlights I saw, you know, it was one where the first half was kind of evenly matched, and then the second half, you know, Drake May and the offense kind of got going, and the defense really held it down really good. Uh, the Heels were down 17-14 at the half, but then they uh, kind of got it going and were able to pull away and win by a couple scores against Miami. Um, 
And another thing, of course, I have to note is uh, the return of Tez Walker, because I know the last time we had an episode a few weeks ago, I was kind of ranting and raving about how uh, the how unfair the NCAA was being to him, which I still believe they, they were unfair to him. But good news is they finally uh, came to their senses after the uh, North Carolina, I think it was North Carolina Attorney General basically threatened a lawsuit to the NCAA, and then all of a sudden they let him play. Kind of funny how that works. Um, but good thing is he, he's been able to play now. He played a little bit in the Syracuse game, but didn't do too much since it was his first game back. Uh, but that game against Miami, uh, in all honesty, Carolina would not have won that game without Tez Walker, so I'm so glad that he's back. Uh, he had three receiving touchdowns in that game. I mean, he balled out, and it was awesome to see him uh, get that chance to to do that and play really, really well. And, you know, I'm excited to see him play for the second half of the season. I think he's going to uh, be a big-time weapon for Drake May. He might end up being our top receiver this year. There's uh, there's also Nate McCollum who's been doing really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, Carolina's 6-0. I, I've never seen them be 6-0 before. I think it's the first time since, like, the 90s, since the last time Mac Brown was the coach that they uh, were 6-0 after six games. But looking forward to the rest of the season. Like I said, I'm just going to kind of take it, you know, one game at a time, not try and, you know, get too far ahead of myself and get too, too excited about it. But, uh yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I've got on Carolina. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to add to that. Yeah, I think you asked me this question in the last pod, but if Carolina continues to go undefeated throughout their season, do you see them playing in the, uh, the college football playoff? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I've tried not to think about that and get my hopes up too, too much for it. If, if they go undefeated, so if they finish 12-0 and – they're going to be in the ACC championship. If they're in the ACC championship, most likely they're going to play Florida State, who I think right now is like number three or number four in the country. Um, so assuming they go 12-0, they beat Florida State to go 13-0. I do think at that point you probably have to put them in there. Their, their schedule, like their regular season schedule isn't super, super tough. Like right now Miami's the best win, but I feel like if you can go undefeated and you can beat a really good Florida State team in the ACC championship – you should. I mean, it also kind of depends on how many other undefeated teams there are at the end of the year. Um, but I mean, I think if they run the table, yeah, they, they definitely have a legitimate chance of being in there. I mean, they're number 10 in the country right now and we're halfway through the season. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, also, they have a pretty, uh, pretty, it feels weird to say, but the Duke UNC game is also a big game now because both teams are good. So, um, they beat Duke, yeah. they beat they, um, I think you have to consider them for the the playoff. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. I was actually about to bring that up. I think if Carolina, especially if Carolina Duke keep winning these next few weeks, that Carolina Duke game might be like the biggest Carolina Duke football game we've ever seen because you know Duke's very good. They're ranked this year too. They've only lost one game, and that was a very close one to Notre Dame, who's always good. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that can be one that you know I, I don't know a ton about what people consider the biggest Carolina Duke game of all time, but I would say there's a chance this year uh, could be that. Um, and kind of looking ahead at Carolina's schedule, I'm looking at it here. So they've got uh, Virginia, then Georgia Tech. Then uh, after that, they actually play Campbell, my alma mater. So I'm planning on going to that game, planning on wearing uh, some Campbell clothes and Carolina clothes and just clapping every time uh, a team does something good there. Uh, looking forward to that one. Then after that was when they played Duke, then at Clemson, then at NC State. 
So I, I think their toughest games left would probably be the, either the game against Duke or the game at Clemson. Um, and, and of course, you know, at NC State, State's always going to give us a tough time too. But uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they finish the season out. Um, do I do I think they'll go undefeated? I still doubt that happens. I think they'll slip up at some point. But once again, you know, I'm just going to try and uh, kind of enjoy each week at a time. Um, and just kind of a, as we're wrapping up here, a couple quick things about the big picture of college football just to kind of throw out there. One thing is the Pac-12 has actually been more exciting than I can ever remember it, which is super ironic considering it's like going to disband after this year. But uh, you look at, you know, that Washington-Oregon game this past weekend was really fun. Two top 10 teams. You got USC with last year's Heisman winner, Caleb Williams. That's a fun team to watch. Utah's really fun. Of course, you got Coach Prime in Colorado, they've been a fun team. So I feel like at the beginning of the year, I was kind of like, yeah, who cares if the Pac-12 goes away? But I don't know, halfway through this season, I'm kind of like, man, I might miss the Pac-12 next year because it's actually been like maybe the most exciting conference in football for once. Um, so that's one big picture thing I wanted to mention. Another one is, I, I don't know, I want to see if you guys agree or disagree with me. I feel like Georgia has not looked like the best team in the country this year. They Obviously, they're one of the best teams, but I feel like they're not really looking like a number one team. I don't know if you guys agree with me on that or not. Yeah, I definitely agree from the Georgia games that I've seen. I mean, I've probably watched m- most of maybe three games, Georgia games this year, and they are definitely a good team. And they probably will make it to the college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I don't think they're they're not like a dominant team like they were last year, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't able to, to watch any of their game this past weekend, but I was checking the score a couple of times, and I mean, they were like close with Vanderbilt of all teams, who's like the laughing stock of the SEC. I mean, they ended up winning by like maybe seventeen or so. But yeah, one thing that I wanted to jump in and say real quick, Carson, you. Uh, we're talking about the rest of UNC schedule. I forgot to kind of just take a little overview with the rest of Duke's schedule as we've got, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six games left. So Duke's got Forest, Louisville, Wake Forest, North Carolina, Virginia, and Pitt. So if we just take a look at games left, and just for assumptions, we just assume that they lose Florida State. They lose because those two teams are ranked ahead of them still winning Louisville potentially win against Wake Forest and win against Pitt, which would give Duke eight wins in the season, which I think I said at the beginning of the season that Duke would win eight games. So I was teetering eight or nine. So we'll see if that actually happens. But realistically, I think if Riley Winter comes back, they probably either beat Florida State or they beat UNC. They probably don't both. Um, so maybe that's nine. But great. Virginia is awful. And mm-hmm. Pitt, not very good either. So that's most likely three wins. But, uh, yeah, look to the – Riley's got to come back next week, though, for them to have a chance against Florida State because, obviously, Florida State is an elite team. I do remember watching a couple other games earlier in the season, and they had some close ones. Definitely the Clemson game and the Boston College game early on, so they're not unbeatable. But, yeah, you definitely looking forward to that game this weekend, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, Florida State's going to be really tough. But, yeah, I remember the beginning of the year you predicted like eight or nine wins for Duke, and I kind of thought you were crazy, but I, I think it's going to happen. I mean, they've got, they're what, like five and one, six and one, something like that. So, yeah, that probably will happen. 
Um, anyways, I, th I think that's pretty much it for this episode. It was just going to be a short one to kind of touch in on some college football. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope everyone has a great week. Yep, thanks, sir. See you guys in the next one.